Welcome inside 254. Let's close the office door and start the conversation. So the talk around the table today is about incels. It's a term you might have heard or seen in the media, in a news feed, in a newspaper, or an online uh, news site. What we wanted to do today is actually dig into what an incel is and why they're maybe why should why we should care about them. Um, but I want to start <laughs> our table talk. Colleen did all of the research for this episode. The catchphrase for this episode is Colleen goes down the rabbit hole, so none of you have to. Right. So just so we I hope that you. Um, appreciate the terrible, terrible rabbit holes that we go down often to bring up to the light the things that you need to know, and we dig down for them. We do. And and if you've noticed, if you've been listening to us, we kind of take turns going down rabbit holes. Yes. So she's taking point on this rabbit hole, and and we owe a debt of gratitude (laughs) to her for that. It's just my rabbit hole for today. Because it's infuriating, and let me tell you, my friend is on fire she is so upset and angry about this so i'm excited to see what she has to say but i'm going to start by letting all of you know i think i'm probably in a position that maybe many of you are i had never heard the term incel prior to the toronto correct incident yes and when I, I found an article, it was because all these articles suddenly started showing up on my newsfeed, and I read one, and I thought, I've ne- I mean, I understand the, the idea, maybe the idea behind the fact that these are men who think women owe them sex, but that's super simplistic and super distilled. And actually, a couple of my friends were like, oh, yeah, I've heard about this. I knew about this for years. I'm thinking, oh, my God, where have I been? I thought I was fairly well-educated on lots of different things, and I've never heard this term. So... Folks, I am right there with you. If you're thinking, yeah, I see this and I'm so confused by it. I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. So I'm going to try to take the point of the person of being the, the representative for you all in this conversation <laughs> and let Colleen sort of guide us through the rabbit hole morass that she delved into. Okay. So this is <laughs> kind of like an incel primer, yes. if you will. Yes. I like it. So let's start with a super basic question. Okay. What is an incel? Okay, so I think, Amanda, you are like most folks that never heard that term until April of 2018 after the Toronto van rampage. And when I saw, and I I think we could even go back and check my Twitter, when I saw that mostly women had been killed, and this is before we knew about the part I'm going to talk about, I had tweeted something to the effect of, here we go again, this is going to be another, this is another focused attack on women. And this is what I meant when I tweeted, toxic masculinity is killing us all. Like, this Mm -hmm. is the thing that a lot of us in the feminist academic community have been trying to draw to light um, through different terminology. And for some reason, the incel has really stuck. So if this is the word we're all going to use, and this is a word that they've given themselves, but if this is going to give us all valuable language to talk about how this kind of masculinity enacts itself, I'm thrilled. So if you've never heard the word incel before, April, you are not alone. Um, And the reason that we started hearing it more and more is because after, and I don't want to say his name because I don't want to give him a name, but after this person's Toronto van rampage that left 10 dead and 15 injured, 
you know, everybody's like, what happened? What happened? And then a Facebook post emerged. And it's, it's very strange to read, but I'm going to read it out loud that this person that enacted that terrible act of violence wrote. So private parens recruit Manassian infantry 00010 wishing to speak to Sergeant 4chan, please. C2324961. The incel rebellion has already begun. We will overthrow all the Chads and Stacys. All hail the supreme gentleman, Elliot Roger. Would you like to ask me some questions about that? Yeah, I'm looking. I can if explain. You can see my face, so I'm going to explain I'm all of those like, things. What the okay. fuck is all of? Okay, who's a Chad? What's a Stacy? Right, okay, what's all the numbers? And who's Elliot what's Roger? A, and who, what's and the what's incel an, rebellion? It's an incel rebellion. Okay. Oh my god, folks, I feel so not in the know right now. Just be <laughs> glad you are not in the know. Holy so, crap. so those us, are <laughs> so those are all terms <laughs> that are used on the web in these spaces that are focused on masculinity, sometimes called the manosphere. That yeah. I've heard. Okay. Okay, that okay. I know. So yes. places in like fact, some 4chan, of your, some of Reddit. your um, Twitter attackers from November were in the manosphere. Yes. They were like the uh, that that um, acronym for men going their own way and mm-hmm. things. They're part of the manosphere. Yes. Okay, that this I is know. all connected. Okay, oh. This friend. is all connected. Of course it is. Okay. <laughs> So the the Southern Poverty Law Center has added male supremacy to the ideologies tracked on the hate map this year. Male supremacy? Yeah. Wow. Like literally people who are enacting violence and hatred because of their belief in the supremacy of men. Wow. Okay. Or let's just say... That's good language. Or let's also just say misogyny, which is the hatred of women. Okay. Okay. So incels, or which is short for involuntary celibates, are part of the online male supremacist ecosystem. So that's the manosphere. Wow. Okay. Um, and the SPLC added them because of the way these groups, quote, consistently denigrate and dehumanize women, often including advocating physical and sexual violence against them. On the internet, the male supremacist ideology takes a few different forms. One of the newest forms is incels. So incels are... Uh, direct baby of mm. the pickup artist movement that was popular like 10 years ago oh, yeah. do you remember that you where mean, that's it was part of the incel movement the incel movement is an outcropping or outgrowth of that same so the root of both of those is that women owe men sex that's okay. the connection okay. so like 10 years because ago like this may be this type stuff wasn't violent it was, I mean, it was, well, it was coercive. It was, it was coercive, right. But it wasn't violent. Trick, it was like tricking women into sleeping with them. Well, exactly. Well, but it didn't say, it didn't like it have this like incel rebellion, like, well, we're just going to kill all the women. Okay. So, yeah, so no, thank you. but both, both of those movements, and I'm using really loose air quotes here. Yeah. The core of them is that they believe that women owe them sex. It is their natural right to have sex. And so when women don't give them the sex that is their natural right, they have the right to cajole or trick them, pick up artists, or kill them. Wow. <laughs> incels. Not all incel, I should say that not all incels want to kill women, but they definitely valorize. So can um, you people. just So do you want to know what Chad's and Stacy's are? Or well, you want to go hold ahead? Hold on. Can I can I can I yeah. interject a question? Sure. Can you, can you give me an example and you said that they're they're sort of it sounds like their language is violent when they talk about women. Can you give us a couple of examples of yes. what they say? Yes. So I will read to you some of what people wrote within the incel community after the Toronto massacre. 
So this is a quote from, I'm not going to say, I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say any of these names except one list, one username because it's fascinating. So this person wrote, as someone who visited Toronto at the beginning of the month, I can see how a man from that city could be driven to kill a bunch of people like that. The women up there are in all caps, horrible even the ethnic women. It would brighten my day if the majority of the victims were young cunts like the ones I encountered on that trip. Also written was, it's a foid. I have one celebratory beer for every victim that turns out to be a young woman between 18 and 35. Oh my God. This is, so this was the chatter. This is like within the incel chatter. Yeah. So when I'm going to define foid for you, that is a shortened term. It's a portmanteau word <laughs> um, for female and humanoid. So the root of that being that women are not fully human. That's going to be important oh my later. God. Um, another user, if you want some more examples of this kind of language, um, this user's name is Mike Pence. No right. shit. I mean, I know it's not Mike Pence, right, but, but like they idolize the- <laughs> this, this is the person they chose to like be. Mm-hmm. So please, please, please be true. Please be true. Please be true. Joyous day. This is the celebration online after the killing of these people on the street. And the idea of an inciting fear and violence, another user write, the re- rebellion doesn't always have to be violent. It just needs to be strategic and punish normies, and that's another term that I'll tell you what it is, in some way. They need to be in constant fear for, in bold, every aspect of their life. Killing normies, from my perspective, is kind of pointless, but this is still good. I prefer acid attacks to mass killings, though. Wonder who is going to do a massive acid attack. So, I mean, that's just a few of these. So you wanted some examples of the... absolutely horrifying. This is like the 4chan... Oh chatter that was on and this has all been cited by the southern poverty law center um, okay so, so if we go back to so what's a chad what's a stacy okay. what's a normie define so please. um a normie is a person that deserves the vitriol of the basically it's people who are having sex <laughs> But I can read you if you give me a sec. I have a good. There's so much anger and so much. Just there's so that's the only thing I keep coming back to in my mind is there's so much anger that I are I'm I'm are these all men? Yes. So these these are these men? are all men. This these is are... like this is directly re- related to kind of like meninists and these are the people who will say like where's the men's right when's the men where's men's studies and like so people who feel like men are now being devalued and I I will talk about that in a, in a sec yeah. I uh, but I want to find you. So a normie is someone who's having sex. And well, normies are like nor- normal people. Okay. <laughs> and so what about Chad and Stacey? Um, I'm, I'm, no, like, I'm, I'm looking for him. Uh, okay. So tell us what a, what, who, what's a Chad, what's a Stacey. Okay. So Chad and Stacey are the, the terms that this population gives to normies or people who represent kind of the beautiful people. So... If I can read to you a little bit um, from an article from Baffler by Angela Nagel, and it's 37 pages. Like, this is a for real. This was one of the first articles that really wrote about this subculture on 4chan. Chad's and Stacy's are this meme of Chad Thundercock. <laughs> I swear to God. What? 
And, um, quote, Chad is stand-in for the young, attractive, muscular football player claiming dominance over the beta world in the contest for sexual success with women. So basically, like, when they say Chad, they're talking about the alpha male, the guy that gets all the chicks. And they're using that kind of stereotypical, of course, white um, varsity football player that gets all the girls. So that's a Chad. And then a Stacy is the girls that would be with him and who are thereby not having sex with these people who are quote unquote involuntary celibate. So, so it's everybody else's problem, not theirs and everybody's. Well, yes, yes. So Chad and Stacey (laughs) are like the, the, the embodiment of everything the incels like seem to want, but also hate. Hmm. Um, they're often depicted as sports playing kind of small town mass culture, generic white embodiments of, of what might be perfect. I don't know. It's gross. It's so, like the so, varsity cheerleader, the white yeah. plant blonde varsity cheerleader sure. and dating the football star star. Exactly. But, so, but this is, these are people that they want, but they're talking about them it's, in denigrating terms and they want to kill them. Well, that, that's basically they'll never, me. basically, I guess they see in this world, they see sex as a commodity, which we can talk about now or in a little bit. That sex is a commodity, and so Chad gets all the sex, and so because Stacy is withholding sex from these people who are incels, and giving Stacy quote unquote is giving sex to Chad, thereby Chad is like getting all the commodity, and Stacy's withholding her commodity by giving it all to Chad and not like distributing it. So they, so they <laughs> the look so, on your faces. The look on your face is priceless. So by they, the way, so they want to kill Stacy's, but not Chad's, or they want to kill right? Them both. No, that's the point. But see, what, why aren't okay? And not, no, I don't want I, anybody. Yeah, to die. we don't want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> no, I, but like, so they want to, they want to, they want to kill the Stacy's of the world. They, so what they do is they're basically. I mean, they hate Chad Thundercock too. Okay, but really, what they're seeing, I mean, Chad Thundercock is also a guy. So he's part of he's a man right so, so he's like a man he's the problem you? is the stacy's that won't give it up oh my god yes i can't even so do you want to know what more of the words mean from that <laughs> facebook post you know what Let, let's just stop there with the definitions of words because this is like a whole new oh no no because you need to know okay. you also need to know why he says all hail the supreme gentleman elliot oh, yeah. roger that's know. super important who's who what i mean this is sounding very KKK okay, so, to me like the supreme leader and all that is. kind of stuff it and is. it's it's like it, it feels to me like it's borrowing language from yeah. white supremacist movements so is i that? yes okay i will say that in 2014 is when this when it is when i started making the connections to my work and these incidents okay um so in 2014 i don't know if you remember but elliot roger is the one who went to ucsb university of california santa barbara went to a sorority house and shot it up. I didn't know his name, but yes. I remember the So incident. he is like the holy patron saint of incels what? because he did this. Oh um, and part of it is because in the middle of this, he uploaded a video to YouTube and it was called Elliot Rogers Retribution. And he specifically said that his desire in doing this was to punish women for rejecting him. So I'm going to read mm-hmm. just like a quote from that. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't want to amplify it, but I think it's really important. Because well, his, context, name, yeah. right, his, his name, name is invoked 
all the time. Like he is seen as like, like you just said, kind of the supreme leader, the thing to look up to, the one we should emulate, the one that we do these things in the name of. Wow. So he wrote, um, because then he killed himself. Well, this is my last video. It all has come to this. Tomorrow is the day of retribution, the day in which I will have my revenge against humanity, against all of you. And he also wrote this like 200 page manifesto, which is horrifying. Um, I've been through college for two and a half years, more than that, actually, and I'm still a virgin. It has been very torturous. I don't know why you girls aren't attracted to me, but I will punish you all for it. I'm the perfect guy, and yet you throw yourselves at these obnoxious men instead of me, the supreme gentleman. So Would wait you a minute. Like to so, say something so, about that? so so did these did this guy and these guys have a superiority complex, an inferiority okay. complex? Like so what, here's all they, right. they seem to think they're perfect, but then they're so, so here, they have an inferiority. So which is it? All right. So oh the best language that I know to give this is from Michael Kimmel in his book Angry White Men. And what he calls this, and I'm gonna define it for you is he calls what you are trying to understand a grieved entitlement. A grieved entitlement. So he gives this... Okay. Okay, so that, this is actually a really helpful way for you to think about this Thank because you, yes. you're you're like so confused because you're just yeah. like... Um, it seems to be contradictory to yes. me. Like their, their motivations and their feelings seem to be contradicting each other. So... Uh, so, he, so Kimmel, and I think a lot of us, you know, have been trying to give language to this. Um, and I think Kimmel's language is really great. Aggrieved entitlement is this idea that you are entitled to things. And when you don't get it, you are aggrieved. So okay. if you are a white boy yeah. who has done, quote unquote, all in what you think is like the, all the right things, um, then you should get what you want. And you are entitled to. And incels believe that sex is something that you are entitled to as a natural born right. And so when you don't get that, you are aggrieved because you are entitled to it. Okay. So, um, for example... I mean, that, that kind of makes sense. I'm just having a hard time imagining anybody thinking that they're entitled to someone else's body. Just really? Because. You have a hard time well, imagining young white I, dudes thinking that? Because I don't have a hard time at I, all because I, they are taught their entire lives that they are entitled to it. I And I, I agree with you. But to take it to this level, yeah, I have a problem with like what? No self-reflection, no parental involvement, no friends saying, oh, get over yourself. Be nicer to well, women. Well, this is the like, problem. Like really nothing? So this is the problem <laughs> is that in... In the 1990s, you just didn't get laid and you just moved on. But now you don't get laid and you go online and now there's a whole group of people who also have the same feeling and now you have a collective community. Okay, got so, it. Yep. Um, hmm. Psychologist Carol Tar Tavris notes that the kind of what you're struggling with, that they must both want what they don't have and feel they deserve what they don't have. So think about, think, I mean, to me, this is just like make America great again. Like these people who think that they deserve the American dream. And so they'll do anything to get well, it. Well, their version of the American dream. Well, right. But the American <laughs> dream is this, if a man works hard, is an honest and upstanding citizen, and you can hear this yes. in Elliot Rogers' language, okay. he will be rewarded. So ironically, in Angry White Men, it writes, that sense of being entitled is a marker not of deprivation, but of privilege. So let that sink in. I'll explain that here. Those who have nothing don't feel they deserve anything. But those who already have something 
believe they are entitled to it. When one feels that slipping, one may idealize. Aggrieved entitlement can mobilize one politically, but it is often a mobilization toward the past, not the future, to restore that which one feels has been lost. It invariably distorts one's vision and leads to a misdirected anger. That's when you were like, why don't they want to kill Chad, mm -hmm. but they want to mm -hmm. kill Stacy? Often at those just below them on the ladder, because clearly they deserve what they are getting far less than you do. So aggrieved entitlement is at the root of incels. The belief that women are denying these men because they are involuntarily celibate. It's not because they're assholes and women don't want to fuck them, which is what it is, really. Yeah. But they really see this as like they're being forced to be celibate involuntarily because women aren't giving them what they are entitled to, which is sex. Okay. That, Go ahead. That, that helps. <laughs> okay. That does help. I just, I don't, well, obviously I don't agree with it. So it seems to me like this, and I got to go back to the fact that I've, I've not, this is not in my, you know, scholarship where I have not encountered this term, this yeah. movement, whatever you want to call it until now. And I'm so appreciative that you went down this rabbit hole, oh, but here's, more. but here's the thing. Yeah. The fact that I haven't encountered this, and I think a lot of people haven't, this is like a new, a new, well, quote unquote, new concept for a lot of us. I mean, I, I like to believe, boy, I hope I'm right. I like to believe that this is a very small segment of the male population in this country. It is a very small segment, but they keep, an act, but they keep, and this is why we should all care. I was and say, this is why, why I tweet if, that, yeah. you so know, tweeted that. The reason we should all care is they don't give a shit who they take down. So okay. the, the girls in that sorority had no connection to Elliot Roger. He just picked that sorority because they're pretty, right? This guy in Toronto, he mowed down a street full of people, of women he did not know. This is why we all need to care about these small people. Mm -hmm. Jessica Valenti says we need to, and I've been screaming this too, we should be calling this misogynist terrorism. Right. Because this is terror enacted on an entire community, right? Like women being afraid to be together or anybody like these are, these are not the, anybody could be part of this. That's the point of terrorism, right? right. Is that it can be anybody. It's yeah. not necessarily focused. It well, has a yeah. focus, but they're not, it's structural, not individual, right? right? You hate the idea of all women. So you mow down women. It doesn't matter if I've never met you. Right. So this, okay. this, so she writes, um, there, there's been a lot of writing about this in the past few weeks, but in her piece for um, when misogynists become terrorists from the New York Times, she is talking about that what we have been trying to do in the feminist community, and by the way, incels fucking hate feminists, but we can talk about that another time. Um, <laughs> That, you know, we've been trying to connect the dots between these mass killers and misogynist groups, even though people keep calling them lone wolves or they have mental illness. And the people in the feminist community are like, how do you not see how these are? This is a structural issue. And Valenti calls out people that try to see these only as singular instances as opposed to a connection. And this is not like conspiracy theory shit. Like they're always white dudes who mm. leave these shitty manifestos. Yeah. She writes that this is a mistake that ignores the preventable way these men's fear and anger are deliberately cultivated and fed online. And Valenti is no uh, stranger to this. She has had death threats against her. She actually had to flee with her daughter by advice of the police at one point because she was on a target list. Oh um, she, she has been 
you know, as one of the leading feminist writers, she writes, I've been warning against these online hate groups and their propensity for real life violence for a decade. She was put on a registry of women to target. We have to talk about this, right? That this is gender based violence, misogynist terrorism is what she wants us to call it. So having better language, more precise language, more accurate language to talk about it, write about it, um, and think about it definitely helps. But of course, I go to, and how do we stop them? Okay, so here, like how, here's one do? thing. Okay, so this is circles back to toxic mm-hmm. masculinity. Mm-hmm. So toxic masculinity, when we talk about this, is we're, I'm always trying to say, like, this is not innate in men. This is not biological. This is something that's taught. She says it too. Part of the problem is that American culture still largely sees men's sexism as something innate rather than deviant. In a world where sexism is deemed natural you know, it's, oh, boys will be boys. Mm -hmm. The misogynist tendencies of mass shooters become afterthoughts rather than predictable and stark warnings. And that's why I think so many of us are always trying to be like, no, this is connected. Like, this is connected to ideas about masculinity, that men aren't naturally this way. But if you have a grieved entitlement and you are taught Mm -hmm. that women owe you this, then this is a natural um, outcropping or Mm -hmm. a natural move that some men... Definitely not all men, but within this, you know, internet internet cesspool (laughs) will move to. So the last, you you, do you want to ask a question before I I give kind of the cherry on top of this? Yeah, I was just going to say, I'm thinking like, okay, so what if in your circle, if you're a woman or if you're a man and in your circle of people that you know, there is a man who seems to have these sort of attitudes? I mean, what? What what can we what can we what can we do? Because if you report them to the police, they haven't committed a crime yet. I mean, right? It's so what the idea of prevention is important to me, but it feels like there's no preventing anything because I think they're the, all the, they're the prevention to this is is undoing toxic masculinity in the beginning of a person's life or yeah. doing the hard work of trying to have conversations about what this masculinity is doing. Yeah. Um, if somebody is an incel, I don't know. I mean, it's just like people who get out of white supremacist movements, right? Like there's an actual process mm-hmm. you have to go through. Mm-hmm. I think it would be the same thing. We might start to see pieces like that. Like I was an mm-hmm. incel. I would be actually really interested in that I if you're listening. Too. Oh my god! Um, if you, if you find know an article, send it to us. That would be yeah. so. Then, wow. so yeah. then, if this is kind of the the cherry on top that just brings some of this home, um, Ross Douthat, who is an opinion columnist for the New York Times, I do not love his work, but um, this piece really set the Twitter sphere on fire. It's called the redistribution of sex, and so he wrote this. Mm. His thesis is. Uh, talking about what if we thought about sex as a commodity and if we redistributed it, then incels wouldn't do what they do. I know the face you're looking is What? So he talks about some writers. He talks about an economist, Robin Hanson, that proposed the question, if we are concerned about the just distribution of property and money, why do we assume that the desire for some sort of sexual redistribution is inherently ridiculous? Just let that sink in for a moment. So he he works through that. And my notes are because women are not a commodity. But I will remind you of that again, that sex is not something to be redistributed. And his thesis is talking about how the redistribution of sex, I mean, just the fact that that phrase exists makes me want to throw up. Might How crazy it might sound, the idea is entirely responsive to the logic of late modern sexual life and its pursuit would be entirely characteristic of a recurring pattern in liberal societies. 
So what Doubt Hat is trying to say is, well, I think if we just redistributed sex, then every this wouldn't happen again because incels would get what they want because he he calls what they're experiencing quote unhappiness. I shit you not. He uses the phrase um, to address the unhappiness of incels. But he and this is to, way beyond unhappiness. Rights, he wants to to basically eliminate the rights of women. And just what? Distribute women to men? Well, like, I will is that, tell you. Is that where we're? I will tell you. But I mean, let's just let's just circle back to we just spent twenty nine minutes talking about incels don't respond out of unhappiness; they respond out of a deep seated aggrieved entitlement that is based in misogyny. Yes, there's a difference between unhappiness Absolutely. and that. Yeah. So this is not like an individual's unhappiness. This is a structurally embedded problem. So yes, he thinks. He, this, is the, this is the last, I will read to you the final paragraph. Whether sex workers and sex robots puts them together, humans and robots. Wow. Whether, this is for the New York Times. He writes every week. Whether sex workers and sex... The New York sex, Times pays this guy? Every week. He was the, he's their conservative writer, but I feel like... And that's fine. But he went off the fucking rails on this. Mm-mm. And Mm-mm. Twitter, man. Whew, and then he wrote like a whole explanation on Twitter. And I was like, I'm done with you. Whether sex workers and sex robots can actually deliver real fulfillment is another matter, but that they will eventually be asked to do it in service to a redistributive goal that for now still seems creepy or misogynist or radical feels pretty much inevitable. Well, I guess that's taking the capitalist lens to the extreme. It's it's literally saying human women... And, and sex the, robots. the act of sex and sex robots are just all the yes. same and we can just pick and choose and they can you can take us and, and give us to whoever whatever man what who the government this incel group somebody decides we're going to distribute you to this and you're going to yes. give them sex i mean that that this was published as a think piece <sighs> but this is this is what feminists are up against and and he did That's i mean terrifying. people really did give him a lot of criticism but as just, they should oh, oh yeah yeah as they should but i just you know i just want to wrap up because w- i have said something about feminists to an article like that right or to incels feminism is the enemy okay so a quote that i that is terribly offensive but one of the quotes from one of these 4chan channels feminists and religious zealots strive to take all sexual outlets away from men be it prostitution, sex travel, or mere pornography for masturbation. Thus, these politicians bear partial responsibility for increasing sex crimes against women and children, and probably for the mayhem created by Elliot Roger. And this was a recurring theme in people that attacked me on Twitter, Mm -hmm. that feminists are the problem, and feminists, by changing the way we speak about gender, have taken away entitlements that men deserve and now men are, have a grieved entitlement, and feminists are the ones that created this problem. That's how that logic works, like that kind of strange logic, because I remember you were like, what the hell? Is, mm-hmm. Like, I am the problem. I am the fascist. Mm-hmm. I have created this issue. Mm-hmm. So, And this is why feminists are so attacked on social media, because we are seen as the people that have created this mess, because feminists have worked to help the world think about gender in different ways. 
Your face. I'm honestly... Your face. Folks, I am, I'm sitting here speechless because I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Thank you so much for Oh, there's more, but we're that. not doing anymore. This well, is, I'm, this I'm is so, awful. I'm so appreciative that you You're walked welcome. us through this, this basic primer on incels and why we should care and what the dangers are. And I, I mean, I, I think talking about it in these different ways, naming it and naming it misogynistic terrorism is that is an excellent term. I think we should all start using. And I know there are a lot of people out there who think terrorism should only be applied to sort of the political terrorism. But this is political terrorism. This is this a, is this, this is a, a desire and creating yes. fear. In, in theory, they would like women, all women to be afraid. Or dead. because of it. Well, yeah, well, but they oddly, it, they at least um, want all women to be afraid, unless they're distributed to them as you know sex objects. So right, right it, we it, either it, should the, be dead mm-hmm. or just be in service of of sex of an incel. I mean that that yes. this this incredibly reductive, dangerous, terrifying vision of the world. I just I we we need to we need to fight back against this and. Well, you asked earlier, what should we do? So I would say, okay, for one thing that maybe you could do is if you are in a conversation and somebody says, well, when's men's history month or where's men's studies department, sit down and listen to this half hour with them. Just ask them if they would sit and listen to this half hour with them and see if that helps that person not make a comment like that again because when somebody says something like that they actually think that they are entitled to something and it's also super ridiculous that they think like women's st- i don't know it it shows when somebody makes that comment they are being entitled and ingri- aggrieved because they think they don't they can't see that the default is men's studies so you know, maybe that's one thing you could do is, is and all, don't be like, just send in the, sit down and just listen, go for a walk or sit in the car and be like, would you listen to this half hour with me? That might be a little thing that you could do. I don't know. I don't, I mean, somebody that's like yeah, older. Again, again, these are, this is a huge problem. And obviously we're not going to like, we don't have the answer, but it's good that we're talking about it. And I think maybe also talking about it with people, you know, increasing awareness about the problem reading more like you've got reams of paper and a book and all this stuff so i think we could all be a little more aware and then you know you know like you said like fighting back against toxic masculinity from an early age if you have sons work on them yeah it's it is true i do think that's the most important thing that we can do you know because these these guys who are saying this and thinking that they can just kill all women or just have sex with them one or the other um, the, they're sort of, they're lost. They're gone. I don't think we're going to get them back. They're done. I, and I, I mean, will, and now that we've had this conversation, I will look to see if anybody's okay. written about like, hey, I left the incel movement and this is what it's like. But, and also I will put that to our listeners. If you know somebody, like I would really like to write an article about yeah. that and share that story because I think that's important work. Just like we would study somebody who mm-hmm. leaves any other kind of supremacist group. Um, I would love to see if somebody has left and has written about it. So I will look yeah. for that. Okay. That sounds great. And maybe another episode. Maybe another episode. Thank you, my friend. You're that welcome. terrifying, but good information. Good. <laughs> I hope that everybody learned a little bit more. I, I think we did. Okay, good. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> like what you're hearing? Become a patron of our podcast and help us be sustainable. Click that little green Become a Patron button on our Podbean page and it'll get you started. But here's the cool news. There are three different patron levels that you can participate in to show your love and support of our hard work for you. 
a monthly commitment of just $1, which is less than the cost of a cup of coffee, gets you a large, cool, square sticker for your computer with our freshly designed logo, and you can share the love. For $5 a month, you get two stickers, a shout-out on Facebook and on the podcast, plus our newest patron level of $8 a month. You'll get all the love and swag of the $1 and $5 levels, but also early access to every episode and expert extra. So join our patron team at this $8 a month level and be in the know before everyone else. All of your donations are greeted with our deepest gratitude. Thanks for keeping us sustainable. Time for... Trumpster Fire! Colleen. Amanda. We need to talk about how Trump's misogyny is fueling incel violence because yeah. i feel like there is a connection there and and i know that i i'm sure people are maybe rolling their eyes going oh come on but i it's not just about direct connection it's about indirect and implied things so the way he acts the way he treats women the way he talks about women all of the things that we have in public record of about his attitude towards women which is awful and misogynistic you know, we say this with um, racism and right, Tiki Torch Nazis and like that he's sort of he's making white supremacy like, OK, because he is. And so I feel like there's a connection that can be made. Do you do you see that? I too? think I or think. Uh, yeah. Am I off my yes. rocker? No, no, no. And I <laughs> or think, am I just paranoid? <laughs> I think what you're you're noting is this mainstreaming of things that we used to not be mainstreamed, like misogyny mm-hmm. or white supremacy because white these things that had been, been it's always been there. they had been like pushed down but now right. there's this mainstream somebody uh miles howard on wbur uses the term mainstream misogyny and i think it's a good one mm-hmm. that what you just showed is that it's been a i mean we elected a president who talked about grabbing a pussy right. and i i think and that was and i know problem. people oh, exactly and i know people are like oh for god's sake we're back to this well, yes. It's the fucking root of this. It's it not, is. There is no way to get around that. I mean, can and you so, again? Can you imagine um, uh, President Obama or one of the or Bush. one of the Bushes, or any 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 of our other presidents being elected after saying something like that, getting caught on tape, lying about it, and and saying, "Well, so what?" Can you can you imagine? Well, honestly? Bill Clinton did a little bit of that. Well, but he, he but was it was consensual sex exactly and it was consensual <laughs> but that's what somebody's going to be like when i'm not bill clinton oh, even though that's totally different because that was consensual but uh, <laughs> i just wanted to put that counter argument in there and deflate it immediately because they're not the same thing no they're so not so the the question that a lot of people are asking now and, and i think this is why i was so upset when donald trump won is that this mainstream i like that term this mainstreaming of misogyny that a lot of us have been talking about that's been kind of underground is now it's a, it's like whack-a-mole it's almost like it's like erupting in these different places mm-hmm. so if you hear like the fact that one of those guys on the incel fortan thought it cool to name himself mike pence right like this right. idolization of this current administration mm-hmm. i don't think that name was taken in irony <laughs> no i think that was probably this idolization yeah. of Idolatry. these men yeah who are in rooms filled with other white men making choices about women's bodies for example right. um we see this we're, we're seeing even donald trump's invocation of witch hunt which yeah. was an actual 
murdering of women. Yes. Right. Uh, so in history, the term witch and witch hunt has been used as a way to police women mm-hmm. and kill them. Yes. So even that, like even like good taking point. that nomenclature mm-hmm. into it as if he that's like the ultimate aggrieved entitlement right mm-hmm. like the ultimate aggrieved entitlement is thinking you as a rich white man can use the term witch hunt to define something being enacted against you because of something you probably did that is the ultimate kind of incel move in my opinion and if you google trump and the word incel there are other people that agree that like there's some like is he he's is actually he an, an incel, incel? <laughs> that's what i was like, like is he an incel i don't you know and i, I mean, don't want to be flip with that term no, but, but i think we could married, all agree he's a misogynist he clearly hates women he's a misogynist he clearly yes he, he absolutely clearly moves hates women. through the world as a misogynist he enacts misogynist mm-hmm. policies yes, day one signing executive order in that reenacting the global gag rule for example, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to argue with me that Trump is not a misogynist, I will sit down with you, dear listener, and I will give you a play-by-play mm-hmm. of his misogyny in action in his personal life and in his political life. So this, to me, this is not a discussable. Th- this is like it's this is like qu- baseline. That's not. That's this not is not baseline. A, like, that's not an argument or an opinion. It's a fact. It's a fact, and we can it's a prove literal it. Fact. There are plenty of there's. This plenty is not of fake evidence. news. No, there's plenty of evidence in the public record to right. point to to show how and why Trump is absolutely a misogynist. He hates women, and we can show you how and why. But I'm just curious. I am. I feel like his his misogyny is feeding that that fire sure. of, it creates of the incel violence sure. yeah you know? it, i think it's, it just well and i think and it, and we're not saying it's a causal relationship no. we're just say, saying it's part of the it landscape. creates it's something that gene kilborn i always like that phrase it creates a climate right it creates yeah. a climate it's not causal but it creates a climate in which well you hear the president saying that so maybe it's like okay for mm-hmm. me to say this thing it's not yeah. causal but it creates a climate it creates a space where it feels like well maybe that thing that is okay to say out loud. Yeah. So that's a good way to put it. It's I, just I a just, different framework oh to look God. at our leader. God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is it 2020 yet? 2018's coming. Y'all better vote. <sighs> okay. <laughs> we dedicate ourselves to collective resistance. Resistance to the billionaire mortgage profiteers and gentrifiers. Resistance to the healthcare privateers. As I have said, and as I believe, the advancement of the full participation of women and girls in every aspect of their societies is the great unfinished business of the 21st century. And not just for women, but for everyone, and not just in far away countries, but right here in the United States. Thank you for understanding that sometimes we must put our bodies where our beliefs are. Sometimes pressing send is not enough. If, if we want to give all of our children a foundation for their dreams and opportunities worthy of their promise, if, if we want to give them that sense of limitless possibility, that belief that here in America there is always something better out there if you're willing to work for it, 
then we must work like never before. This episode's fierce woman warrior is... Zinzi Clemens and Carmen Maria Machado. These two writers have shared their stories about sexual misconduct enacted on them by Juno Diaz. Clemens recently confronted Diaz at a conference and then outlined her experience on Twitter. Machado followed suit. The latter has shared the death threats she has received for calling out one of the nation's most famous writers. I taught Diaz widely in my classes and am so angry that he enacted such misogynistic moves with some of my newest favorite writers. So while I would normally share Clemens and Machado during our media minute, instead I am amplifying their ferocious voices that are taking down a literary giant and forcing us all to question the power we embed into any one writer as the voice of a community. Let's take a time out for a media minute. Is this what freedom looks like? What will happen when I get out? There probably is no out. Gilead is within you. Colleen recommended Hulu's series The Handmaid's Tale last year during a media minute, and I'm going to recommend it again now. If I could use one word to describe the entirety of season two, it would be unrelenting. Not only is the second season more intense than the first, the episodes all have threads of reality that are so closely related to our current sociopolitical climate that some of our friends experience real fear and anxiety while watching. Some have said they can't watch before going to bed or they will have nightmares. The warning for this new season could be too close for comfort. There are no spoilers here, but I have thoughts. The opening scene of the first episode is breathtaking in the most horrifying and anxiety-inducing way possible. The whole episode is brutal, thoughtful, sad, and infuriating, and oddly somewhat hopeful. The second episode is all about agency and choice, memories and reminders, honor and revenge. The third episode had me gasping and feeling devastated right alongside the main character, June, as she makes her discoveries in her hiding place. By the fourth episode, you start feeling like maybe something good might happen. June realizes she is still relying on men in this male-dominated and male-controlled world for everything she wants. And then, at the peak of her relief, and yours, let's be honest, the world goes sideways. I shouted, no, at the TV at the end of episode four. I'm about to dive into episode five and just want to encourage you to join me. The control over women, women's voices, women's bodies, women's presence, and the free press in this series is an exaggerated reflection of the control we experience as women and the criticism we hear about journalists in our current society. I don't know about you, but when I watch this second season of Handmaid's Tale, I am reminded that we are but a few steps away from Gilead. As we watch politicians and the president move against women and women's best interests, criticize the free press, and encourage their followers to commit violence against journalists, this show will not give you hope. But it is important and provides the kind of mirror that helps us see our own reality more clearly. We come here, we work, 
we die. We're the wolf. And the future of mankind depends on what we do today! My name is June Osborne. I am free. Let's end today's podcast with some activist actions. Buy books written by women that have had the courage to speak about sexual misconduct in the writing community, or get your library to buy them, or encourage your book club to read a title by one of these brave women that has risked everything, including career, to call out the gross misconduct enacted by some of literature's biggest names. Buy Zinzi Clemens's What We Lose and Carmen Maria Machado's short story collection, Her Body and Other Parties. I have read them both. They are also great reads. And when you buy a book by a woman that has risked it all, you are showing the publishing culture that you support women that speak out against violence. Buy Monica Burns' The Girl in the Road and Elisa Valdez Rodriguez's The Dirty Girls Social Club. By Janine Walker's The Geography of Memory and Elisa Washuda's My Body is a Book of Rules. Both women went on record against Sherman Alexie, another author accused by several women of using his power in the publishing industry to bully and coerce women for his own desires. Buy their books. Vote with your dollars to support the whistleblowers, the fierce women shining light on the corruption that will no longer remain in the dark. Thanks for spending time with us inside 254. You can find us a lot of places online. On Facebook, we're at Inside 254 Podcast. On Twitter, we're at Inside 254 Pod. On Instagram, we are at Inside 254. And on WordPress, where we post links and places that you can go to donate or learn more about our activist actions, we're at Inside254Site, S-I-T-E dot WordPress dot com. You can find our free episodes on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, and you can also just Google us. There are two things you can do to help us build audience today. You can go onto Facebook, click one of those stars, and leave a comment as feedback, and then you can go to your listening platform and rate us on there as well. By doing those two things, that's going to get our word out and help us build our audience. Thank you for helping us grow.